Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. and gentlemen i am your host blake ruffino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight you know what's interesting when the facts come out it it always makes somebody in a conflict look bad this one however does not make mason smith look bad what are we doing what are we doing? We're going to have to have a serious conversation here tonight in reference to why I believe that that college football, at least college football, needs a commissioner. Now, I tweeted this out today. I did a poll. Does college football need a commissioner? And more than 85% of you said yes. But the things that are going on, like with Mason Smith, do not belong in college athletics. They don't. You know, there. I am all for NIL and sticking up for the player and doing it. Always have been. But now you got guys like Caleb Williams out here saying, Oh, I know. I might not want to be on the college football game next year. You're not going to be here anyway. You're not going to be here anyway. Be on the game. Don't be on the game. Nobody cares. The fans just want the game back. Nobody cares what fingernail Peyton Caleb Williams wants to do. Buddy, it's a free society. Please opt out of the game if you'd like. Please. We'll talk about this tonight too. But expansion seems to be coming to a close. With SMU, Cal, and Stanford moving to the ACC. 
What, what are we doing in college football, man? I love college baseball, college basketball, all of it. I know you do too. But college football is a different animal. It's a different beast. It, it just is, man. What are we doing? You know, I continue to find myself being in situations where I continuously find myself just asking, what are we doing? It's a great quote from our good buddy, Matt Trent, too. So we do got a lot to talk here about tonight. Uh, Wilson Alexander, who broke the news yesterday about Mason Smith, will be joining us here at 730. I'll talk a little bit more than just the Mason Smith stuff. Uh, Wilson and I conversated, I guess, I guess if you will, uh, say for a good word, um, pretty much all camp, and we kind of shared notes during it. Um, so gonna, gonna, good, glad and good to have him on so we can break that down too uh, as well. So we'll talk around, we'll go around your SEC. So we have pretty much hit every LSU opponent besides Navy, I mean, besides Army and you know, other Rudy Poots states. We've talked about Texas A&M. We've talked about Ole Miss. We've talked about Mississippi State. We've talked about um, pretty much everybody. We've talked about Florida State. Only team that kind of seems that I think that we haven't spent really any time on. Like, really, really, really deep diving. Now, I've done this in other places. I kind of might talk a little Alabama tonight and tie it into why LSU wins the West for me, and it's a lot of what LSU's doing and a lot of what Alabama's doing. We'll talk about that. And the Missouri Tigers find themselves in a very interesting uh, situation. We talked about Florida too, man. We talked about Florida. Look, (laughs) Florida might – I said this last night. Florida might go into Utah and win. If they're going to be the third and fourth string quarterback, they might just go up there to Mormon country and get a dub. So that's what we're doing tonight. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag ask Blake thoughts, questions, concerns, bring them inside your Rudy crew, Rudy crew chat. Um, Zach, we've been doing this in your hiatus. Zach uh, went and got 17 tattoos in his absence. Um, this man is becoming like literally ink covered for, for Christ. You know, tattoos for Christ. Um, So good to have Zach back here. Good to have Zach back uh, here with us. Zach, something that we started on Monday in your hiatus is we ask everybody where you listen to the show from. Where are you at currently? You put it inside the chat. We'll bring up some of those. Where are you listening to us? I've been really interested to see where some people like one, you know, somebody said earlier, this week, like somewhere in Pennsylvania, you know? So where are you listening to us for us? Let's are listening to us at where are you currently located? C King says, Caleb Williams is a diva. Tell him to be Tulane. Very true from our good friend C King. Uh Brian Turner says, Sub Blake, who do you think has the coaching as wise? Matt House, uh, how about Matt House versus Mike Norvell, Alex Atkins? Well, Alex Atkins and uh, Mike Norvell are 1-0 and on that one. Um, let's see.
Let's see. Uh, I do lean house a little bit, but two is always better than one. Hoopin Jones says everything makes so much sense as to why Mason Smith was taking limited snaps the last couple of weeks while it was being appealed. Maybe, but I do think, I mean, Penn, he did go down, right? Like he did go down. I do, I see what you're saying. What's definitely, what what is 100%, I do think, facts is um, I do think that they're starting to run, like prepare for Florida State and Brian Kelly cut the media off after the scrimmage. Maybe not wanting to see us not see Mason Taylor getting reps in preparation for that. I don't know. Seems a little crazy to think, but maybe. Who knows? Our good friend Stephen Fry over at Fry Construction. They're out there in Eunice. Go give them a call and let them know that Blake and AYS sent you on Bobby. says, Blake, tell me how hungry the defensive line behind Mason are right now with him being out. Got to be hungry. You don't have a choice. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Bart Smokey says, who do you see starting in Mason's place? I do think that they'll go Jacoby and Guillory and rotate um, rotate in um, Jordan Jefferson. And they're going to have to be creative with it. Um, some of these, Carlton Landry says he's an E-Rath. Bo Jack says Detroit, Michigan, by the way, of Shreveport. Detroit in the house. Our good buddy Tony says Carlsbad, New Mexico. Terry St. Cyr says Grand Isle, baby. Why wow, he's holding up his fish. Looks like some redfish in that picture. Good size ones too, man. Uh, Trey Bond says the 70438, which is the Franklinton zip code, if I, if I remember correctly. Jordan Haydad says Albuquerque, New Mexico is in the house, Blake. In the house, all the way. So we got two people from New Mexico in this thing. Christopher Westbrook says North Little Rock, Arkansas. And then Boogie Nation says Connecticut. You con? <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, last one before we get rolling. Stefan says, according to Brian Kelly, Jacoby and Guillory. But he says Gilroy. I uh, love that man. What a great fit. <laughs> C. King on Facebook says, Blue Bayou, Louisiana. Zach, you ever been to Blue Bayou? No? You're not from Louisiana if you're not, if you've never been to Blue Bayou. And as a good poet once said, like the wave pool at Blue Bayou, and I wave full as I blew by you. Name that rapper. Name that rapper. If it takes y'all more than like two minutes, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I lied. Uh, I see Donna Walker's in the house. Donna Walker says Dallas. I got to admit, I, I forget the place. So I'll have to ask my brother where it was we went i'll text him during the break um i i gotta i gotta admit this um i had some of the best freaking barbecue in dallas when we went up there a couple of weekends ago um it it was fire man i gotta give him that brooklyn in the house 
AJ. I love it. No, Eminem didn't say it. Ryan got it right. It is, and Ronald, it is little Wayne. Like the wave pool, it blew by you, and I wave full as I blew by you. <laughs> all right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo, T- Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Got a lot to discuss, man. I might get a little heated here tonight. Why? The Masons, what do I think about Mason Smith's absence on the field? Nobody's really talking about that. We'll talk about that here tonight. We'll talk about that next. Let's talk about our good friends over at uh, GM Varnone Sons at BetOnline.ag. Don't go anywhere. Guys, Florida State, LSU coming in, coming in hot. Oh, and by the way, Jane Daniels, what a leader, huh? We'll see you after the break. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back. Texas isn't. So listen, let's start off this segment with some good news. Let's start off this segment with positive news. Because I don't know how positive I'm going to be talking about Mason Smith and on the field and things like that. So, but did you see this today? Your starting quarterback, Jane Daniels, was awarded or given and earned a Powerade NIL national deal. So Powerade went out, selected a handful of players like Jared Verse was in it from Florida State. Jane Daniels was also in it. They posted the video about it. Instagram, Twitter, I think, were the two places that he posted about it. But your quarterback... Got a really amazing deal today in NIL with Powerade. Proud partner of LSU. But then later on in the day, it was announced, you know, Caleb Williams, and there was a laundry list of other players that also got signed today in a national NIL campaign, that being from Beats by Dre. Now, 
somebody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the lips, just a bunch of gibberish, and everybody acts like they forgot about Dre. That's the Dre that we're talking about. See, Zach, you didn't know a white boy could do that, could you? <laughs> well, I wasn't the first white boy to do it because Eminem did it before I did. But regardless, regardless, he also got a Matt Nash, big time national deal with Beats by Dre. And this is why you come to LSU, too. Because not only has it been him, but you know what's been going on with Angel Reese. You know what's been going on with Flaugé. You know what's been going on with Haley Van Lith. Libby Dunn, clearly. And now you're starting to see these trickulate into, obviously, being in LSU baseball. Now Jaden in LSU football. But the big thing about that is, man, you cannot teach leadership either you got it or you don't now LSU and what I guess it would appear is that your quarterback gave the entire teams a small little note that basically said it's us against the world we're a one and oh mentality every single week and it would appear that he awarded the entire team with beats by Dre leadership you know, in the NFL, Peyton Manning was so uh, uh, um, open with this about his, what he would do for his wide receivers, the gifts that he would give Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, his offensive line, his running backs, for what they did and accomplished for him. Form of leadership. Now, leadership doesn't have to come in the form of gifts, and you know that. Obviously, the big part of this is going to come on the field. But I do think it's something that when you're at a program and your quarterback is the one doing this, kind of carries a little different weight, doesn't it? I think that Jane Daniels is primed for an amazing season. I've seen him this offseason look amazing. Not necessarily always wanting to take off and run. Jumping up in the pocket, not literally jumping, but stepping up in that pocket and throwing the ball down the field. The first time in college he's ever had an offensive coordinator, the same offensive coordinator back-to-back years. Guys, he's he's climbed and continues to climb up that Heisman Trophy list. Reason being is because a, a, people, a lot of people that know more about football, probably more than you and I, maybe even combined, looks at him and sees somebody that can be that breakout superstar. So when we talk about leadership, when we talk about a guy that puts his head down, goes to work, you don't ever hear anything from Jaden. Not a word. You literally have never heard a word from him when it comes to off the field other than it being completely and 100% generated around football. 1,000% generated around football. Now, yesterday, the players spoke... Damian Ramos, uh, Josh Williams, Zai Alexander. They all talked about Jaden yesterday and the leadership that he is showing from year one to year two. Well, two of those did. Zai Alexander just said, yeah, man, that dude's putting the football in places that it's very difficult for us to do anything with. Out of our reach, right where only the receiver can catch it. And that's what he's doing. So to start this off with a positive note, a great note, man, I think your quarterback's locked in. 
The reason I, – I, I will just be open with you. Like, when I look at the Florida State game, when you win, okay, not if, but when you win, it's going to come on the back of number five. And no, I'm not talking about LaTerrence Welch. I'm talking about Jaden Daniels. Guys, it's of my opinion, and we'll talk about this at nauseum next week. I said this last night in, in a Twitter spaces. I think you got to walk out of there with 38 points to feel comfortable. If you walk out of that, that stadium with 38 points, it's going to show you, hey, this offense was for real. This offense did what they needed to do against what some believe to be one of the better defenses that you're going to see in the country in Florida State. Can you put it all together? I do think that your quarterback is going to rally you to do that. That wasn't the big news, though. When we were coming on the show yesterday, Mason Smith, it was announced by the guy that will be joining us at 7.30 in nine minutes, uh, Wilson Alexander. He reported that Mason Smith would be suspended for one game. We didn't really know a lot of details. Then we all started asking around. We also talked about that in Twitter spaces uh, as well after the information started coming out. Here's the truth. Do I want Mason Smith on that field to play? You're damn right I do. Does it affect you, okay, from what the potential of what Mason Smith can be and the player he can be? Do you need him out there? Maybe, um, let me change that. Do you really want to see one of your better players play? Yeah. Like, let's not act as if that it doesn't affect a game. It does affect the game for him not playing. We saw it a year ago. I mean, it really does affect what you're going to do and the plans that you would want to have going into this. Does give him another week off to to get healthy if he needs it before you go into the Grambling game if he even plays that one. But we'll see. The one the probably and more than likely number one thing for me is this is all BS. I know that I come out here a lot of times and say, guys, the NCAA doesn't have a vendetta against you. Just to be like, yeah, man, I mean, what do they really? But over the last six to seven months, I've completely changed my tune. After 760 episodes, I've completely changed my tune. I do think they got a little bone to pick with you. Now, it was interesting today because, you know, when stories like this come out, and we've, whether it been in the Sharon Lewis case that we talked about so much, or whether it be Darius Geis or Will Wade, we've had our Ed Orgeron, We've had our fair share of coming out on here on this show and having this d- to discuss somewhat uncomfortable things that you don't want your program going through. We've had to do it. But this is why, this current situation is why, to me, why I think the NCAA does have maybe slightly a little vendetta on you. Like, I go back to the James Craig thing. You know, like the James Craig, the former offensive line coach, Tristan Lee, who, by the way, the five-star offensive lineman that went to Clemson, nothing happened to him, but he just showed up to the O-line coach's house. He takes him on a golf court to the stadium and says, hey, this is why you should play here. Yeah, let's suspend him. 
Let's force LSU to fire him without pay. Let's give them more issues. Maybe if you say that, you're right. Maybe I've had the blinders on to think, man, the NCAA is not really messing with us. It doesn't feel like that anymore. Guys, Mason Smith missed a year. I don't give two Rudy Poos what it's for. He missed a year. And not only did he miss a year, you clearly allowed Kayshawn Booty to get suspended for two games a year, or one game suspension, excuse me, for UAB. You let him pick it. Why would you, in the biggest game of college football's week one, like not remotely close, guys, LSU is in on center stage, not this Sunday, but next. Center stage. But let's take one of the better players out. I don't know how many of you watch our national show, the Rafino and Joe show. If you haven't gone over there and subscribed, you need to do so. You need to do so. But I've been talking about this for well over a year, man. We need a commissioner in college football. Because if the guy's already missed a year, why don't you give him some kind of like time served? Do something. Oh, the comparison that I gave last night, it bears repeating. This is like Al Capone. I probably shouldn't compare Mason Smith and Al Capone together. This is like somebody being arrested during prohibition for prohibition and then the next day, next week, next month, it being legal again. Oh, and by the way, we're not going to arrest you for two years after that. We're not going to penalize you until two out years after that. I don't know. Look, you're going to ask me and say, Blake just, he should play anyway. I saw the max guy from whatever, and whoever in the hell he works for. I don't really know. But if you see him on Twitter, you know, he's out of there on Twitter saying, Sue, don't, he, let him play. It doesn't matter. It does matter. <clears throat> it's a joke. If you really think that we don't need somebody with expansions, with conference realignment, which just a very quick side note, in case you haven't been paying attention, within the next three to six days, maybe even a week, I do believe by this time next week, SMU, Stanford, and Cal are going to be in the ACC. <clears throat> and Florida State's going to get appeased to stay in the ACC because ESPN's going to fork up money. But with all of the conference realignment going on, Texas and Oklahoma going, you know what's going on in the Big Ten. Let's get a kid who signed an autograph. Now, I will be open. I don't know who turned in Mason Smith, but God is my witness. If I do find out who turned him in, boy, I promise you, 
boy, I promise you, you no good, low-down piece of crud. You are the scum of the earth. Exploiting two 18-year-old kids to get their autograph to make some money off of it. What a loser. What a loser. It's a joke. Running to mommy and daddy. Oh, I had an issue with this player. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. All right, let me get to some of these super chats because y'all are firing them in here. Gary Landry with a $4.99 super chat. Thank you so much, bud, for sending us that. Jeffrey Miley, what's up, buddy? Sends another $4.99. Says, my daughter said the NCAA is Rudy Pooh. <laughs> yes! We have succeeded in getting young preschoolers to say Rudy Pooh. It's been my life's goal. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Uh, Connor on YouTube, thank you. He sends two 199s. Says, didn't the NCAA drop Harbaugh's four-game suspension? I, I guess, but they self-inflicted it at Michigan? I don't know. Now, we're going to talk to Wilson here in just a quick second. But on the field, you know, we talked about that at length, too. We've talked about that at length, too. You know what you have to do. It, is it significant? Yeah, but I still think offensively you're going to have to go into Orlando and – offensively do some things like let's go get 38 41 get out of there two teams that played in the cheese hit bowl last year i mean this game is going to find out who's the cheesiest <laughs> all right i did steal that i did steal that i think i still actually stole that from wilson believe it or not it's what you call transitions in this business man all right let's find out more about mason smith Wilson and I, I told you we would, you know, stand by each other in practice, look at it. Let's break down camp. Let's break down this team. Florida State's coming up. We'll talk about that too. So a lot to grab here with Wilson. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Good friend Carol Foss over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. Let's more. Let's find out some more on this Mason Smith stuff. We talk about that next. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. 
All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirement. We're back. We are joined now by our good friend from the Yavganola.com, Wilson Alexander. What's up, buddy? How are we doing tonight? We're running on five hours of sleep <laughs> and um, looking forward to finally catching up on Ahsoka, which I'm behind on. Oh, okay. I don't, that doesn't sound bad. I know that you had a long night. This was something that was some big news. So I guess we can start off there. But, well, I do want to ask you this. You're a baseball guy, too. Major League Baseball took one of the biggest hits they could probably ever take with Shohei yesterday, right? Like, this is this is unbelievable. I can't, be, I can't believe what we're watching here. I mean, that's, that's nuts, man. It's sad. It's just sad. I mean, he is the most unique player in baseball history, and I don't think that is really a disputed – Fact at this I agree. To be, of course, Ruth pitched and hit, but to do this in the modern era, the way he does it, and to, Andy McCullough, the athletic, wrote a great column about this today. It's just like everybody loses, just like everybody loses not being able to watch him play. Yeah, and it's just like, man, too. I, I, the first thing I thought about was like, man, is he still going to get paid like six hundred million or what? Some people believe that he get paid. Like, what happens now? Like, that's the worst thing that can happen, and he's just. He, he's just like you said, man. He's a unicorn, and I, and we might not ever see that again. Now, Paul Skeens maybe could do it. I mean, <laughs> Jay Johnson said he could hit twenty home runs. So I, I wonder if that is the case. All right, Wilson Alexander from the Advocates joining us. I I'm going to give you the floor on this. What is going on with Ma this Mason Smith thing? Now, I know that it happened something before NIL, but like Wilson, how long before the you know July first date when Governor Edwards signed that bill in? I mean, what? Can you just break down everything that happened here and led to his one-game suspension? So, from what I gathered from talking to sources yesterday was this. Mason was part of an autograph signing before NIL went into effect. Not very long before NIL went into effect. Um, weeks, maybe even days. At some point that summer, he was part of an autograph signing and got paid. Um, the He... The NCAA ended up finding out about this, and um, it's been reported by um, other folks. I can't confirm it myself, but I, I, a lot of folks have been reporting that the fact that um, the person who had organized that signing turned them in, um, and he is ended up, you know, being investigated by the NCAA. Mason cooperated in the investigation, did everything he was supposed to do. I was told he paid the money back, um, and that probably helped in this case. Only have a one game suspension it would have been served last year if not for the fact that he got hurt and missed the entire season um if at what point during the season i don't know clearly it would have been after the first game because he played in that first game it was not something that was resolved at that point um but the ncaa um basically uh decided at some point this summer that it was going to be even though you know LSU and Mason Smith, from what I understand, you know, tried to get this, um, make it maybe not be the very first game and, and, and try to avoid this in some way. Um, all the details on that, I'm not completely sure about, but uh, ended up the NCAA saying that it had to be the first game um, because at that point in the summer, it had been resolved on there and that was final. And um, this, you know, that's why it's Florida State and not, you know, else you can't decide, okay, well, we'll hold him out against Grambling a week later. 
it's got to be that Florida State game. And because this was done pre-NIL era, the NCAA still has jurisdiction in this case to be able to punish him for receiving an improper benefit, even though now the rules are completely different. If it had been just, you know, not very much longer that this autograph signing had happened, then he would not be in this kind of situation. All right, so I got a lot of questions to fire off with that, and I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible because it's just I get wordy and don't know how to really, you know. So, number one, the first question I have is, but so there would have had to be in a ruling in 22 in some capacity, right? Because if Kayshawn served his, now I don't know if Kayshawn is involved in all this as well, so there had to have been a ruling. Okay, like some point during the season of 22. So he, then he gets injured. Is there no protocol for that? Like, I mean, is this something that needs to get in front of the NCAA? Like saying, hey, you suspend a player, you tell him he can pick it, but he misses an entire year because of injury. Like, doesn't that seem like a little bit more harsh that now he has to miss another game? Is there – let me ask you, have you, did you hear anything from the LSU side to try to, like, say, hey, man, he's already missed a year – I guess, what was in any kind of appeal process, number one? And then number two, if we're talking about days or weeks, like, I mean, that's like getting arrested for prohibition after they, you know, <laughs> and then the next week they, you know, they legalize it. I, I, maybe I'm crazy here, Wilson, but I guess, did you hear anything on that? Because something had to have been crumbed down from the NCAA in 22, right? Okay, I'll answer this to the best of my ability. Um Okay. And, you know, and what I have, you know, confirmed and not just, you know, maybe heard his rumors. Um, so the part about, okay, hang on. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to answer your, your question. Um, he, a, a ruling may have come down, yes, at some point in, in 2022. And this was certainly, um, you know, aware, like LSU and Mason Smith would have been aware of this at some point last year. Um, but yet it wasn't, um, uh, he wasn't able to serve that suspension at whatever point they found out about all of this because of the injury. And it is still something that he had to you know, do. And so that's why, even though he has already missed a full season and that feels like somehow punishment, you know, punishment enough, it's like, why, why do you need to do more to this guy? Um, the NCAA still felt like, for whatever reason, and we don't know exactly, you know, that it was necessary because when this happened, it was against the rules. And obviously, it is you're getting into that area, era, area, excuse me, of um, discussion like you, I think, bringing up that you know this doesn't make sense because we are now in the NIL era. Um, but it's just kind of that thing where they still have the right to do this because it happened pre-NIL, and it's sucks for Mason. It sucks for LSU. Um, but there was a rule that was broken here and the NCAA is within its right to hand down some kind of punishment as much as nobody really wants to hear that. And I mean, I, I think that that's there's valid to be like, well, this is two years later and now it's fine. So why, um, these already missed a season, but they are as much as it's annoying, um, able to do that. Does that answer any of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it does. It just it kind of gets to a point where I'm like, okay, so you come down with a ruling. He serves technically, regard. It doesn't matter to at least to me, right? Like how he is out for any form of game. 
right? Like, I mean, if he misses a year, and so I guess my question would be, do you think that there should be maybe some kind of NCAA ruling on this about how you deal with this moving forward? And not necessarily, I guess, in reference to improper benefits, but if a guy misses a year and then was supposed to be suspended the following week, right? Like, there's got to be some kind of change in that, right? Like, I mean, don't you think there has to be some kind of resolution to that? Yeah, I can certainly see the, the argument for that. Uh, I don't have a certain feeling on it one way or, or another. Right. Um, you can certainly make the case that he has, you know, served time enough by having to sit out. However, I guess to maybe see the NCAA side of this, it would be that he did not miss time for this offense. <laughs> right. And so he still has to serve time for this offense. Do you think – last thing I ask you about the infraction part of this – um, well, I, I guess I basically just wanted to know, and it's probably, it's a tough way to ask because this is even crazier. Do you think that they're making Mason a little bit of a scapegoat or, I mean, cause Kayshawn came down with this because Wilson, from my vantage point, like, so Texas A&M was turned in like four months ago from in a recruiting process. Their coach is saying, hey, those boosters pay your salary is what he said in the video. Do you think that there may be some kind of scapegoating on this at all? Or do you think this was just like, hey, man, we caught you red-handed. This guy turned you in. This is the punishment. Yeah, I don't think it's a scapegoat situation. Um, we probably would never have heard about a – like LSU probably would have never this LSU probably would have kept this covered up and never, um, you know, let it be known that he was missing the Florida state game because of a suspension from the NCAA. If it um, could have avoided it. Um, Like it, it, I don't think that, I don't think that they wanted that known. Um, Well, I mean, I I haven't heard this myself, but like Matt Moscona has said that, um, apparently, they would have used the ankle. ankle that he's been dealing with as a cover-up. I, I don't know that to be a certain fact, but I do know that LSU, like this, LSU has known about this situation for a while, um, and it's just now was able to be, you know, like slip through their their cracks in some way. Like, uh, like there's a reason. Like, I only just now found out about this yesterday from sources, and so like it, um, like wasn't something that they were going to just like publicize i mean they could have said he had the flu <laughs> all right how do you think this affects him on the field i, I mean i st- wilson i know it affects him i'm not saying that at all i still think you got to go into that into that game and really score with florida state like i don't think the line hasn't moved the over yeah the over unders it's going up but i mean I still think you got to go in there and do it. Now, it's a big loss, but how much do you think it affects the game on a couple Sundays? It's going to affect the game in some way because it's going to have to affect right. what LSU does schematically on the defensive side of the right. ball. Whether or not they can overcome that, we'll see. I think that they certainly can. Like, they can still win the football game, even without Mason. I mean, they almost beat Florida State last year, and he played one series. Um this is something though where they're going to have to probably get a little bit creative on the defensive front because it Mason is the best interior pass rusher who they have. And Brian Kelly's talked a lot about with him returning 
he was going to be able to collapse the pocket inside out. And then you have pressure coming off the edge and it just created so many headaches for opposing offenses. And it's going to, over the course of the rest of the season, keep in mind, this is a one game suspension. He'll be back week two. against Grambling. We're still going to get right. Uh, as long as, you know, knock on wood that like no injuries happen, you're going to still get a pretty much a full season of Mason Smith. And so, but you're just not getting into this first game, which is why it's so significant. So now, you know, they're, not going to be able to avoid some of those double teams maybe that they would have by, you know, Mason getting doubled and giving it a one-on-one to Harold off the edge or OV or, or Savion Jones, who is I think really needing to have a big game against Florida state bringing some pressure. Cause uh, he looks like he's a really could be a really good pass rusher this year. So that's where it affects things for me is like they're right away. Their, their depth on the defensive front is going to get tested. They tried to address that in the offseason. We're going to see right now out of the gates, okay, you tried to address it in case of an absence to be able to have more of a rotation. Is it going to be better? And then, you know, are you going to be able to get pressure on Jordan Travis in order to sort of disrupt his timing with this receiving core that's really good um, in different ways? You know, Harold's going to have to have a, a good game and we'll get the first glimpse of him at inside. But even I think he's still going to be used his time as a pass rusher and you know, it's just going to, you know, Matt has going to have to get creative with those fronts and that these other guys, the, the defensive tackle spot are going to have to really step up. I think it's more, it doesn't change necessarily. I think like LSU might have to score more. Yeah. than maybe it was going to originally, but I think it's just more so on the defensive side of the ball schematically. What are they going to do to get after Jordan Travis without Mason? I completely agree with you. Did you ask Brian Kelly about the explosive play? Did you hit, you had the explosive play question, right? So we talked about that probably, Wilson, about 35 minutes yesterday in reference to what he said because I thought it was really intriguing to me that he brought up a team, if I'm not mistaken, he played in 2020 in Alabama and said, listen, they you know, they would just throw bubble screens and get out there. Explosive plays are explosive plays. I was kind of blown away by that. When you heard his answer to that, what were your thoughts on how he reacted to how they want to be more explosive? It was fascinating because all offseason, the talk has sort of been very simplified into Jaden Daniels just needs to throw the ball downfield. And maybe in, in some people's minds, that's okay, him throwing 30, 40 plus yard passes on a very regular basis. I was based on, I think Jaden Daniels has made strides as a quarterback based on everything that I've heard throughout my LSU from what I've seen from him in the preseason, that he's more aggressive over the middle of the field. Right. He takes answers into tighter windows, but I don't anticipate seeing him just airing it out deep, throwing bombs constantly. That doesn't see, I don't think that's just, that's just not quite who he is as quarterback. It's, it's part of his tool set, but it's not like the main, you know, tool that he uses. And it's not, you're just not going to suddenly change who you are uh, as a quarterback. You're just going to get better in, in what you do already. And I think he's going to be more aggressive. But because, so saying all that, what we sort of pieced together, uh, I think over the course of preseason, talked to Mike Dimbrock, who, who had an answer about that as well, and some of the other players, is like they're going to find ways or try to find ways anyhow to get the ball to players' hands in space and let them run. Like, that's the big thing. Like you said, throwing some bubble screens. We saw a screen to Aaron Anderson during a team period one day. I can't – I don't know how much LSU ran screens last year. Like, it doesn't come to mind as something that was done very often. I don't think they had a, an active screen game at all. And so, like, that might be more present this year. And another thing that Dimbrock mentioned um, was last year they had a lot of routes, he said, that turned guys to – their backs to the goal line. Right. Now they really want to get them running, you know, after the catch – 
and so that they can be the ones who are explosive, you know, with the ball in their hands, get into open space and developing explosive plays that way. Cause it's not going to just come from Jaden throwing it 50 yards downfield every other play. Cause like Brian Kelly said, they otherwise you run the risk of just running into third and 10 way too often. Basically I heard get Aaron Anderson on a bubble screen. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Like that's that's just 100 of what I heard, and then maybe throw Caleb Jackson the ball a little bit more. Were you surprised by him? Before I get you out of here, were you surprised by him saying that too about Caleb Jackson? He was like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey pump the brakes. The kid's got stuff to do." And I'm like, "All right, man. Like I know you don't want the freshman to get a big head, but come on. Were you surprised by him kind of really aggressively saying pump the brakes on that one?" No, frankly, because that day was almost an anomaly from what we've seen out of Caleb during the preseason. I agree. Only during the media periods. I mean, certainly he could have been playing you know, better at other times, but you know, there was just inconsistencies. You saw flashes of potential there, the power that he runs with. He's explosive. I mean, this guy's going to probably be a dude for LSU for a couple of years, but he's just maybe not there yet. I mean, he missed his senior season with an injury, and you know, he's got – you know, trying to get up to the SEC level, he's got the skill set to be really good. But there was, you know, a pass to the flat that bump just bounced straight off his hands into the air for an easy interception. There was some fumbles. Like, right. you know, he's got to learn pass pro and make sure that he's got all of that stuff figured out. LSU, I don't think just – he needs to develop. You know, he's got to earn the trust of the staff to show that he can do everything that is required of a running back. And maybe that gives him more now a chance to – you know, get some touches and maybe get into the rotation here or there. But it's probably that one day, because Brian Kelly, like mentioning, you know, maybe there's some poor tackling. They've been practicing like for two hours out in the heat, the last day of six straight practices. And then he goes and he, and he, he does that. Cause he, and so it was a great day for Caleb Jackson. And I don't think anything should be taken away from that. You know, he certainly announced himself in a way. Um, but there are ways that he needed to continue to develop. And he's got a lot of experienced guys in front of him. And we've heard multiple times now from Brian Kelly over the preseason that experience is going to tend to rise to the top. I, you're right. and I, But I was just like, man, just get him one little bubble screen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one little bubble he probably screen. gave himself a chance to get into the mix in some way, but he's not going to just suddenly become your starter. Oh, guy. right. Well, and I, I mean, he's got a lot of older dudes in front of him. Right, like you can't you can't take away how many older dudes they have in front of them. Wilson Alexander from the Advocate, buddy. Thank you for shedding light on all this. I know when you break in this, when you break a story and coming on everybody, do it, talking with everybody, it's not always easy. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, coming on with us and sharing everything and talking a little football. Thanks, man. Always happy to do it, Blake. Have a good night. All right, you too. That's Wilson Alexander from the Advocate. Always fantastic. That dude, man, he's so good. I'm telling you, man, he, he, the award winning, the award winning dude, he is, I, I'm just going to be honest. I do think he's the best, um, journalist, if you will, I, I got to give it to him, man. He's good. He can, he's a, he's a, um, facet of all traits. All right. We've got more to talk about. Let's break down LSU's final, um, SEC opponent. We've talked a lot of Bama. Let's dive a little bit in more to Bama, and then we'll be complete around this SEC. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, hashtag Ask Blake. Let's talk about our good friend, friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm. Don't go anywhere. We'll close it out next.
to you by the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Be careful where you look. Man, if I get sent one more of these Trump mugshots. <laughs> Y'all stop sending me that political shit. I don't care. I do not care who you vote for. I really don't. I swear I don't. There's nothing on this planet that would make me care. Nothing. Literally. All right. So, look, we've talked a little bit of Bama on this show about quarterbacks. Purposefully, as I marked down my handy-dandy list, and we went through every LSU's opponent, Alabama was the last one we looked into. Mainly because, for me, when it comes to your your conference and your division, they're really and truthfully and arguably the only thing that stands in your way. Now, you won the West last year, and you got better. The question becomes, did Bama? And I don't know if they did. I don't think that they did. Look, man, you go back-to-back seasons beating them, and you win the West in back-to-back seasons – You set a different precedent on who you are. You set a different precedent of who you are. Look, I don't trust Tommy Reese. I don't trust what they're going to do offensively. I don't necessarily completely trust what they will do defensively, but Kevin Steele has had times where he's not been a bad DC, and you still have the same regime and same defense in there. Defensively, I do think that they're going to be fine. Their season boils around one position group and one position group only. What can they do at quarterback? What can they do at quarterback? If they have subpar to below average quarterback play, they will, because of their talent, probably win nine games. Tough for me to look at that. I still think that they can get to 10 because I just think they're just so much more talented than everybody. And Saban is still a really good coach. There's no reason why you can't go into Tuscaloosa anymore and and kick ass. You're the better team. From a schematic standpoint and a coach that is somewhat more on the level of Nick Saban, you're not probably going to be outcoached or outwitted as much as you normally would be in this game. You have a lot of the same type of athletes. People at LSU don't realize that. 
right? But people forget how many five stars under Brian Kelly that you technically signed. Guys, you don't want to label the 20, the 20, was it 2021 class, 2022 class, whatever it was. You don't really want to give that Will Campbell class to him because he didn't recruit during that entire process. Guys, he's got five-star defensive linemen, edge rushers all over the field. All over the field. Look at what he's got to the wide receiver core. Look at what Caleb Jackson's done. Look at what they've brought in. And Ashton Stamps probably and never should have been a three-star. You had a lot of the same talent that they do. If not this season, more. You go into Tuscaloosa, you win. And I know that divisions are coming to a close, but there's not a position group. There's not a position group that they're better than you in, in my opinion. They may be a little bit more talented at some parts of defensive back, maybe boundary corner. <coughs> I do think they have a young, some young safeties that can really play. But they're not going to face a better wide receiver core than you. Kool-Aid McKittry is a dude. You do not have a corner like that. So what they have at that position, yeah, they may be better. But all across the board, talent per talent, you're just as equal to them, if not better. That's why I think you win. That's why I think you can go into Tuscaloosa if you take care of business week one against Florida State, and you take care of business throughout the regular season, this is why you go into Tuscaloosa, you win by 10, 13, 14 points. You can do that. Bama fans don't want to admit that, and that's fine. That is fine. But if Alabama is somewhat a little bit on the retreat, guys, Tommy Reese, Tyler Buckner, Jalen Milrow, I don't care who's back there. They do not scare me with the talent that you have and the staff that you have. It sucks that you don't have divisions anymore and you can stay that maybe that there's a change in the guard in the West. But the real ones will know. The real ones will know. LSU starting to take over probably in the position that they always should have been in okay speaking of that too i didn't get a lot of time to talk about this but conference realignment before we get out of here so just in case for you college football fans haven't seen it or been paying attention you know you're just ready for football to start i get it man i get it um it would appear within the next – I'm going to make a determination. I do think within the next seven days, and I could be wrong here. This isn't like sourcing, just an opinion. I do think within the next week you have um, probably what will be the final destination before the season starts. Actually, it will be the final destination before the season starts of this conference realignment and finally you could probably and hopefully go six seven eight months without having to talk about this crap not from like is it going to happen standpoint now you'll talk about it because usc ucla and texas and oklahoma that part it's going to be talked about at nauseum about those teams leaving and going to other conferences but it does appear that smu cal and stanford are going to the acc and 
how can you call yourself the Atlantic Coast Conference when you have teams on the Pacific and one in, one in Dallas? How how can you do that? Your those teams aren't on the Atlantic Coast at all. <laughs> ESPN's looking to fork it up, man. And I've told you whether it be on Rafino and Joe show, whether it be on here, they were always going to fork it up. I, they college football may ultimately be in twenty years two divisions. ESPN didn't want to do that. And what ESPN, Fox, CBS says, it's usually going to happen. <laughs> usually going to happen. They don't have a commissioner that can stop all this. And I hope within 20 years you have one. That's actually worth a damn. I would completely nominate Greg Sankey as your first college football commissioner. Let him bargain with let him bargain with these TV companies because he's done the best job so far. Do think it's nuts, man. I do think it's nuts. All right. It's been a good week. Football this weekend, man. Football starts this weekend. Week zero in the house. Oh, oh, oh. One final thing. One final thing before we head out of here. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about us getting a week zero game. Zach, do me a favor before we get out of here. Do me a quick favor. Go to Google and type in how can you get week zero games and pull that up for me, please. I see a lot of you out here. Um, asking, well, Blake, how do we, you know, we want to play in a week zero game. Well, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. And Zach, whenever you click on it, just share the screen on the, the Google thing. It should say it up top. Yeah. I, well, I didn't know if you were going to click a link. I did. I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, I wasn't really specific on what I asked him to grab. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it, so the week zero thing is called the Hawaii factor or Hawaii rule is actually what it's it's known as. Um, that's why you can't play week zero games. So teams that either play Hawaii or play a team that plays Hawaii gets a week zero game because of travel and, and different things. Um, hold on. Let me find it right here. How can – I got it right here, Zach. So this is what it says, and I'm just going to make this a little bit bigger so maybe you guys can see it. But it says right here on Google, Week Zero typically features smaller college football programs and contest ranks between unranked teams. The quote-unquote Hawaii rule also applies to college football in Week Zero. The Hawaii rule allows college football teams that travel to play in the, the Rainbow Warriors a 13th game in the same season. So teams will use that and and they've expanded on that. So in that expansion and it's and or teams that like if a team that you're playing. So remember last year Florida State played Duquesne, well Duquesne played Hawaii. 
And that was the reason that Florida State was allowed to play Duquesne week one. So, I get what you're saying, but NCAA ain't going to let you do it. (laughs) They ain't going to let you do it. We'll see y'all this weekend, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.